your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and open it up to Psalms 139, and we're going to read verse 23 and 24. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. It's a powerful verse right there. The next verse says, Colossians is 3 and 1 and 2 in the ESV version. It says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Now, I want you to read this with me right here. Set your minds on things that are above. Say it again. Set and not on things that are on earth. This morning, I want to speak on a subject entitled, Check Your Heart. Check your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you have your way this morning. I remove myself from this stage so that you can speak clearly through me. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. If I say, buddy, I need for you to check your heart. All right. All right. So we're going to start off with a quote that comes from one of the greatest men to ever walk this earth. It is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And what he said was, the greatest enemy of knowledge is not ignorance. It is the illusion of knowledge. I want to stop right there in the quote. It is the greatest enemy of knowledge is not ignorance. It is the illusion of knowledge, which lets me know that the enemy is not only after my head. The enemy is also after my heart. And the reason why that is so important is because your belief system lies not in your head. Your belief system lies and resonates in your heart. So if he can throw you off on your belief system at the heart level where you believe, if he can throw you off, if he can paint a picture that is not true, then what happens is you start to believe something that is not true. And that non-truth is now birthed in your heart. So now you're starting to believe that you're right when in actuality you are wrong, wrong, wrong. And I need you to understand, that's why the enemy hits you so early in life. Because he wants to alter your belief system at an early age. Because he understands something. He's like, mm, I'm not after their head, I'm after their heart. And the reason why he is so much after your heart is because he understands that there is a way that will seem right to a man. But at the end of it, it's destruction. I need you to hear me. There is a way that you are operating right now that could seem right to you. There is a way that you respond, that you talk, how you live, what you choose to do, that seems right. 
But at the end of that decision, you find out destruction is around the corner. And I need for you to understand that this morning. And the devil knows he has to alter your belief system because he realizes he's not strong enough to destroy you. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm that bad. I'm that bad that the devil can't even touch me. And how can the devil touch what God has already blessed? So the devil knows I can't destroy you. I can't destroy you as a mother, as a father. I can't destroy you as a son. I can't destroy you as a daughter. I can't destroy you as a believer. So I must rely upon you making bad decisions. And I got to create this illusion of knowledge so that you can destroy yourself. Woo. One of the old rappers said, you better check yourself before you. Ah, got it. He is so, he's so clever that he'll allow you to think you're making good decisions because he realizes I can't even touch. He couldn't touch Job unless he got the permission of God. He can't touch you. We be so scared of the devil. He can't mess with you. He just, uh, he's hoping that you buy the lie, change your belief system and wreck your whole life. Mm, mm, mm. He ain't that powerful no more, right? Okay. So he's relying upon that. Look at this next part. I love this part. It says, nothing in the world is more dangerous than, watch this, sincere ignorance. I just want to stop right there. Sincere ignorance. And then the next part says, and conscientious stupidity. See, that sincere ignorance right there, it just lets me know that I can have good intentions. But my good intentions does not always um, produce positive outcomes. So my intentions can be good and I can still produce negative outcomes. Let me tell you this. A lot of times you are in fights with people right now. Because you had good intentions, but your good intentions didn't produce the best outcome. And so now they are confronting your actions and you are defending your intentions. Woo! And so now we're butting heads because in my heart, I meant you well. And you have the nerve to step to me about a situation. But the reality is, I got to have the mental fortitude to be able to withstand the fact that you are confronting something that hurt you, although my intentions were never meant to hurt you. It's called maturity. Woo! How many people did we kick out of our lives because we perceived their actions to be hurtful and we didn't even hear that their intentions were still good? Oh, I want to let somebody know, you done lost some good friends in your past. That ain't a good amen place right there, ain't it? Some of y'all cut off some good people because you saw their actions, but you didn't know their intentions. And y'all fought all the way. Whoo, y'all not hearing me. And then this is, the, this is the problem with that. The problem with that is that we will live in this space of rejection for so long, not knowing that some people didn't even try to reject me. 
but I felt rejected. Woo! And so now relationships, in order for them to work, I got to have the capacity to hear how you felt, although I know I didn't mean for you to feel that way. Fathers and sons got to sit at the table and say, hey, I felt this way when you told me this as a child. And then the mother and the father got to be able to say, but I only said that because. (laughs) But the enemy, if he's going to destroy a family, he has to make sure that we miscommunicate, that we miss each other while we're communicating. Now, those are the people who have good intentions, but maybe the outcome didn't come out as good as they would have liked. But these other people, conscientious stupidity, they different. Oh, these are, that's a whole different breed. Because these are the people who have decided in their hearts they are going to live in error. Conscientious stupidity. You, somebody told you it was wrong. You know it's wrong. But you know what? This is how I am. <laughs> how many times you hear people say, that's just how I am. I'm from the east side. <laughs> you ain't taking that out of me. If you're going to be in my life, you just got to learn how to deal with it. That's just me. Well, conscientious stupidity. You have made the choice to live in error. And that is different and it is dangerous. Hmm, my, 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 my. Look at, I know some of y'all seeing some people right now in y'all head. Don't look to the left or the right. It leaves me with the point that everyone comes with a bad heart. When you are born, you are birthed in this world with a bad heart. You don't believe it. Nobody had to teach you how to lie. Anybody had brothers and sisters? You saw your brother or sister getting a whooping and you knew it was your fault, but you ain't say a word. Bad heart. (laughs) You didn't even want to own up to your own stuff. Bad heart. You're birthed with a bad heart. But here's the problem. The enemy would love to paint a picture in society that we are born with good hearts. Can I tell you, if you have not given your life to Christ, your heart is bad. Your heart only the heart comes from God and it ends with God. Everything that's good, it's coming from him. It is not residing in me. Which leads me to Jeremiah 17 and 9. I want y'all to hear this. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Read this with me right here. Who can... Wow. The heart is deceitful. This word deceitful right here, it simply means uneven, bumpy, fraudulent. So I want y'all to hear this. Your heart is not even. I don't care what you think about it. It's not even. It's not balanced. That's why some days you can be up. And in the same day, you can be down. Your heart can love somebody on Monday, and by Friday, you have already fallen out with them. That joke, I promise you, it is up and down. And if you, I don't know who came up with this quote, but it's the dumbest quote in the world. Follow your heart. Just, Billy, just follow your heart. It'll lead you to the right place. Really? Really? 
Your heart is uneven. Your heart is bumping. Following your heart looks like this. Ho, 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 ho. Oh, oh, what? Why would you follow something that's uneven? Why would you follow something that is bumpy? Why would you follow something that is fraudulent? Ooh, I'm coming. The NLT version says the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. Out of all things in the world, the heart is the most deceitful. The heart, watch this, the human heart is the most uneven. The human heart is the most bumpy. The human heart is the most fraudulent thing out of everything else. That's sobering. And read this next part with me. And desperately, you ain't talking about me, Pastor Polo. Look at the next part. Who really knows how bad it is? See, you don't even know how bad your heart is. And somebody right now in this church is saying, that's not me, though. I was born with a good heart. I've always wanted to give to people. I just always, I see butterflies and rainbows all the time. Okay, butterflies and rainbows. The butterflies turn to bats. All right. <laughs> the Amplified Version says this. The heart is deceitful above all things. Read this with me. And it is extremely Not just sick, extremely sick. Who can understand it fully? Now read this with me right here. And know it's secret. Pastor Polo, I don't have no motives. I come with a pure heart. I'm in your life. I have no motives at all. <laughs> can I tell you why you don't know that you have secret motives? Lean in, lean in. You want to know why? It's because your heart is keeping a secret from you. A secret is a secret. And your heart can actually keep a secret from you. Don't believe it? I'm about to prove it to you. Have you ever looked at somebody else's life and kind of judged them? I can't believe she did that. I can't believe he acted that way. I can't believe that is so beneath them. And then you got put in the same situation. And a cuss word came up out your spirit. That you didn't know was there. Can I tell you the cuss word did not jump in your heart and jump in your mouth and jump in your spirit. It was already there. That cuss word was tucked up under your heart waiting for the right one to pull it out. Oh, no, no. It was already there, sweetheart. I know you're cute and everything. No, no. It was already there. And somebody had to draw it on out. And some of you are married to people who are... Ooh. Some of you got friends that are just, some of you work with people that are just. <laughs> because your heart can keep a secret from you. That's how you, you'll do something in your life that 
Later on, you have to live with the regret of what you did. Some of you didn't even know you can get that angry until the right one chose the wrong day to show. Because let me tell you something with your church hat and your Bible and you've been saved 50 years. If the, if the right person hits you on the wrong day, where my real people at in second service? Something to build up on the inside of you and you like, what is this? Where that anger come from? Oh my God. Because your heart has the, the capacity to keep a secret from you. Oh my Lord. My God. That leads me to John 3, 3. This is why Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again. You cannot see the kingdom of God. Why is this verse so relevant, Pastor Polo? Because Matthew 5 and 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You can't even see God or the kingdom unless you have a pure heart. Are y'all hearing me? Which leads me now to this um, uh, 2 Corinthians 5. And 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, read this, all things. When he says all, hearts are included. Which leads me to point number two. God has to give you a new heart. He has to give it to you. David caught this revelation. I want y'all to hear me now. David caught this revelation. He says, create in me a clean heart and renew the right spirit in me. This word create right here, it means to shape. It means to form. It means to bring into existence. Somebody say shape. shape. Somebody say form. form. Somebody say bring into existence. I'm saying bring it into existence because I am acknowledging that it is not there. David caught that revelation. He says, God, I need for you. I need for you to create in me a clean heart. Because if you don't, I'm going to be in prison. See, God is looking for the transparent you. Away with this fake churchy stuff. Away with that. No, no, no. If you don't give me a new heart, I'm telling you, I ain't going to have too many more relationships left. Because I got one more time for them to. All right. Creating me a clean heart means to bring it into existence. But look at this word right here. He says, oh God, and renew, renew a right spirit in me. That word renew means to repair. Repair my spirit. Why is this so important? It's important because bad hearts will destroy spirits. And if you don't believe it, look at how you respond to people when they call you. If you know this person has a bad heart and they call you, you'll look at your phone. Ring, ring. Not today. <laughs> there's some people can call you, you can talk for three hours. 
But bad hearts will destroy spirits. Parents, that's why it's imperative that you have a good heart. I want y'all to hear me. The reason why is because you have the capability of either producing a good spirit or a bad spirit. If you don't get the heart of God and if you don't get a new heart, you can say something that will damage your child for life. I know it's hard to shout on that. I know, I know, but it's the truth because the heart is deceitful. And you'll think you're doing good while actually you're stabbing them in the heart. And it takes away their voice. It takes away. Now they have insecurities. Now they're, they're walking around waiting for a man to say oh, she's beautiful. And now a man needs to sleep with every woman in the world to feel like he's a man. Because something can be said at an early age and it will destroy their spirit. Sometimes we got to look back in our own lives and say, where did my spirit get damaged? Woo! Are y'all hearing me? And that's why this message is really more critical than maybe you're hearing. If you don't fix the heart, you will literally run everybody out of your life. And you will live a life of singleness, not like singleness is bad, but I'm saying you, you don't have no community around you. It goes beyond relationship, meaning of husband and wife. I'm talking about community. Woo, it's tight, ain't it? That's all right. We about to get even tighter. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> he says, uh, t- so a bad heart is the destroyer of spirits. Now. He says, renew the right spirit. That word right means unwavering, steadfast. David says, I need for you to give me a heart, bring into existence a heart that is not within me. And I need you to repair my spirit, but repair a steadfast spirit, unwavering spirit. This part is so deep. I need you to hear it. I think we, 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 we just gloss over this verse too quickly. What David is really saying, most of us have an unwavering spirit because we allow outside forces to get into our ship. I want you to watch this. The water is strong enough to hold the ship. The water is strong enough to support the ship. But if the water that's on the outside of the ship get into the ship, it'll take the whole thing down. Let, let, let me let me bring it down your line. You got to help people stay in their place. Look at your neighbor and say, stay in your place. Oh, my God. That's why nosy people, you got to learn how to check them. They know they nosy because they starting the conversation off saying, I know this ain't my business, but. Or they can say this. I'm not trying to overstep my boundaries, but stop. No, 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 no. Stay in your place because the water got to stay on the outside of the ship. And it is my job to guard what comes into my ship. Now, you might get mad at me and you may call me rude. You may call me arrogant. You may call me cocky. But let me tell you something. I'm going to keep you in your place. Look at your neighbor and say, stay in your place. I'm trying to help you because it's not rude to keep people in their place. It's not rude. It's not. It's actually, it's wise. 
The water cannot get into your ship. And in this Christmas season, you're going to have to learn how to check some people. Everybody can't get in your business. You can't vent to everybody. <sighs> Listen, some people were sent to uphold you and support you, not get in your business. Did y'all see it? The water upholds the ship. They're, they're here to support you, but they don't need to get in your ship. You better, you, you better guard who gets into your ship. The Bible says to guard your heart for out of it flows the issues. Now I need you to understand something about this guard your heart. God says, I want you to guard it, but not put walls around it. And I think that's where we get it misconstrued. Well, what happens is you got to know the difference between guarding and barricading. Okay, so I'm going to paint this one. So the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in all your ways with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let those things be made known unto God. And the Bible says, and the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. What's guarding your heart and mind? The peace of God. So when we hear the word peace, we think of something very soft and, oh my God, so peaceful. No, 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 no. The peace of God is like a soldier. It's like a soldier. The soldier is standing on the outside of your heart and it is guarding your heart. Okay, I got some people in here that's from the hood. So for the hood people, the peace of God is like a bouncer outside the club. <laughs> so whichever one you are, if you relate to the soldier or you relate to the bouncer, I want you to get the point. The peace of God is on the outside of your heart. And what it's saying is you can come on in. You got full access. Nah, oh, wait, wait. You can't come in here. You don't have the right dress code on. You're not clothed in righteousness. Your feet are not shod with the preparation of the gospel. You don't got the right garments on to be in my life. You don't have the spirit of God. And I'm not allowing you into my ship. So the peace of God starts to say, you can't come in here. I know you think I'm arrogant, but you not. Get over there. Woo! Somebody say peace. Do what you're supposed to do. Woo! Stop letting everybody in your life. I know you think it's being nice, but it's detrimental to your spirit. Woo! I can shout by myself right there. You can't come in here. So it's the peace of God that is on the outside guarding, warding off, fighting off, pushing back everything that's coming in to damage your heart and your mind. You got to allow the peace of God to do what it's supposed to do. My God. Whew. And this is why in Psalms 139, it says, search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way that is everlasting. In other words, you're saying, God, look inside me. Scan me. Look inside me. And, and watch this. When he looks inside of you, it said, try me. God has, a, God has a funny way of revealing to you 
what's inside of you. And the reality is, he uses people to reveal to you what's inside of you. But the problem is, we don't like what we see. And we'll start casting the judgment and the blame on somebody else. People can agitate that thing up out of you. And it will, it will reveal the heart. You didn't know you can get that angry until you met that man. I'm just going to turn. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to look at nobody. <laughs> you didn't know you can go there the way you went there until that person came into your life. And God was using that person to agitate you just so he can show you, you. You know, lately I was tested. I was tested. And I like to be transparent about this test. So um, my wife, her birthday um, was on um, the 8th of November, and she wanted to go to L.A. And she wanted to go out there. She wanted to fly and, and meet her, see her brother and the boys. So, you know, they got so many boys. Her brother, oldest brother, have nothing but boys. That's it. Nothing but boys. Six of them. So before she give birth to Harvest, she's like, you know what? I want to see my brothers and I want to see my family. And so I said, okay, cool. Well, two weeks before that, um, we made our plans. Pastor Evans said, hey, I'm going to be out two weeks in November. I said, okay, cool, cool. And he said, I may need you to preach one of them Sundays. So I altered because I'm, I'm surrendered to God, but I'm also submitted to him. And I want to be a support. I want to be a help. I want whatever it is that he needs from me. I said, Lord, I want to be that for him. So I talked with my wife and we, we altered our entire vacation that was for her birthday. We altered it to fit and accommodate him to be able to say, I'm in place. And she was okay with it. I was okay with it. We did it. Well, I never heard anything else back. <laughs> then the next thing I hear is he's recording a video. Y'all, y'all see that? The heart, the heart, the heart, the heart is deceitful. The heart, listen, straight up South Side Alabama was coming up like, now I done, I done altered my whole schedule to be there to be a help for you, Pastor Evan. And now I feel like I just, I feel like one of them people that's like sucking up to the teacher or something, you know, like, so I'm going to be honest, I had about a good 30 minutes of a test and it was bad. I was sitting there, I was talking. I was like, what? you do all of this and then now he on the screen preach. <laughs> Question, who wants to go to LA only in the weekdays? I mean, we ain't going to the club or nothing, but we still want the scene to be popping. I done, I done altered my whole schedule. And I, for 30 minutes, I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with the devil. And then all of a sudden, something in me started to raise up and say, but I remember how good he's been to me. I remember the good that my leader has for me. I remember when he came through on X, Y, and Z. I remember when he prayed me through that storm. How dare I, how dare you, heart, try to build an offense with the man of God who's watching after your soul. First of all, the message was amazing. 
Second of all, God gave it to him. Third of all, he he's my leader. He's my covering. I had to check my heart. Look at your neighbor and say, check your heart. Woo! I had to check it. I had to say, Polo, it's not about you anyway. He didn't hire you to preach. He hired you to be over worship. And when he gave you the opportunity to preach, that's the blessing. Yo, I talk to myself like that. Because here's the thing. Some of you, you got all the attitude when you're checking somebody else. But you go super soft when you when it's time to check yourself. I need for you to bring that same energy to your heart that you bring to everybody else. You can walk around with your little hand, your neck popping, hand on hips, do it to yourself. Yes, Lord. I had to check my heart. And while I checked my heart, I said, okay, that's not good enough. Now I'm going to confess it to him. So P.E. was in the office one day. I said, P.E., I need to talk with you. And I said, so P.E., I was tested. You've been talking about these tests. I was tested, P.E. So I told him the whole situation. And he, he stepped back like, whoa. And he said, Polo. He said, ask me why I didn't have you to preach. I said, why you didn't have me to preach? <laughs> See, if any of y'all ever been counseled by him, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I said, Polo, ask me why I didn't have you to preach. I said, why you didn't have me to preach? He said, because it would have been unfair of me to ask you to minister and study while you have Kayla in L.A. So I was looking out for you all. Go up. Mm. You see what happened? Is that if I would have moved out of my emotions and if I would not have checked my heart, I would have missed the fact that he was looking out for me. But I would have interpreted it as if he's trying to rob me of my opportunity. How many people in your life probably had good intentions but you didn't have the courageous conversation with yourself nor with them I know it's hard to clap I know I know the courageous conversation to be able to say yo this is how I felt but but what were you thinking and as I told him that, what I realized was we both had good intentions for each other. I was willing to alter my vacation to support. And he was willing to inconvenience himself to preach on screen to make sure that we enjoyed the vacation. This Christmas season, I want you to understand, you might be misinterpreting something in your family. And I want to say this. A lot of times what happens is we don't realize that we just have a bunch of triggers and traumas that causes us to think a certain way and process it a certain way. 
and we haven't addressed the triggers and the traumas. You haven't addressed it. You see, in that moment, I was triggered. You know why? Because you don't understand my history. My history is my strength would intimidate people who were over me. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? And because I triggered, they triggered that in me to make me feel like, why, why am I intimidating you? Why am I intimidating you? No, it's not that. That wasn't the case, but I was triggered. And a lot of times you got to go back to when you was a child to start to see why you think the way you think, why you feel that rejection the way you feel it. See, you don't understand. People look at me and they'll think, man, he cocky, he arrogant, he think he all that. It's actually the opposite. No, not at all. It's that I, I used to have to fight everybody by myself. You talking to a person that's been jumped three times in their life. I had nobody to stand with me. So I had to learn how to put my chest out. I had to learn how to pick my chin up and walk down that hallway knowing that the Jackson family was going. (laughs) Telling you what I know. I had to know that when I got to the end of this hallway, I'm looking at the whole. See, when you fought the Jackson family, you literally fought the Jackson family. They didn't know how to do one on one. So wait, what you think is cocky is something that I had to put on. I had to learn how to walk by myself and say, I may have a fight on the end of this corner, but you're going to face it. You're going to be brave. Come on, let's go, Polo. You got to do this. And you can think I'm cocky for that. It's not cockiness. I had to put on confidence. I don't know. I didn't say this first service, but some of you need to learn how to walk different. You're walking too defeated. You look like you need a hug. I need for you to not always look like you need a hug. Put them shoulders back. Encourage yourself. Walk down that hall and say, come what may. If you want a war, bring it on. I'm standing in the strength of God. You better come on with it. Hey, Jay, you can just go ahead and play. I can't even finish this. I be getting excited, y'all. See, that's that, that's that Pentecostal side of me. I be calming it down. Pentecostal polos. Shh. I want to say this. Being triggered does not give you the right to act crazy. I'm going to say it again. Being triggered doesn't give you the right. To act crazy. God gave you a new heart. When you asked him into your life, you said, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Repair my spirit. Watch this. Ezekiel 11, 9, it says, and I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart. That word singleness of heart, that singleness of heart, it really means undivided. You're not going to be in between the two worlds. You're going to be single-hearted. One heart. And that's the heart that God gives. That leads me to point number three, is that you have to check your heart. Colossians 3, 2 says, to set your minds on things that are above I need you to see this word, set. I want you to look at your your heart and be like, I know you feel this. 
I know you're going through this. I know the attack felt real, but I'm going to pick my heart up and I'm going to set it above the situation. In other words, I'm going to direct my way of thinking. When my thoughts become negative, I'm going to say negative thought, be directed back to God. I'm going to set my mind on things that are above. This Christmas season, don't look at what you don't have. Don't look at the lack of funds. Look at whatever you have and set your heart on things above. When somebody, you know, they come around and they don't like your macaroni and cheese. We don't want this soupy macaroni and cheese. Look at that. Look at that right there. Look at that. <laughs> don't, don't let it get your heart. Don't let it get in there. Let the bouncer, let the bouncer say, no, 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 no. I'm going to set my heart. I'm just happy that I got family at the house. This food nasty. I'm, I'm just happy that they're still alive. I'm going to set my heart on things that are above. Now watch this. When you see the word set, I want you to think about check. Check your heart. Set your heart. Check your heart. David, I didn't say this in the first service, but the, David said, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. A lot of times we heard this verse in worship service, but I want to give some more clarity to it. When he says, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, what was going on in David's life where he had to command himself to bless God? He didn't feel like it, so he commanded his soul to bless God. And then he says, and all that's within me, my heart, my lungs, everything, my mind, my will, my intellect, everything that's within me, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I pray that this message really hits you in the heart. I didn't come to make you excited. I just really wanted to encourage you to check your heart because out of it flows the issues of this season. <laughs> So right now, I want all of us just to stand up together because I can see that there's some people in here maybe that's saying, Pastor Polo, I'm that first group. I'm the one that came with a bad heart, but I've never given my heart to God so that he can create, bring into existence a new heart. So with eyes closed all over the building, if that's you, I need for you to raise your hand and say, today, Pastor Polo, I want to give God my heart. And I want him to give me his heart. Raise your hand all over the place.